All right, guys. Hi, everyone. My name is Nancy Wu. Um, yes, I lead sales and customer support for SkySTEM. And thank you guys so much for being on today. So today we're going to be tuned in for another session from our Chit Chat webinar series where our customers share their perspective on modernizing and automating um, the work that they do at month end. So you guys probably hear me talk about month and close and automation and reconciliation stuff all day long. Um, but today we're going to hear from a customer, <laughs> which is probably more meaningful. <laughs> um, before we do that, I just want to share a couple of metrics. So 2022 is uh, really a year of finance transformation. AQPC did, um, I'm sorry, APQC did a survey this year of finance executives asking them about their top priorities in 2022. Well, guess what? 75% of respondents um, have said that they plan to focus on finance function process improvement, which is a lot. Um, many executives also plan to work on data management, uh, cash flow management, risk management, talent management, and of course, a transition to a hybrid or remote workforce on a permanent basis. But within this broad category of finance function process improvement, the survey respondents, they also broke down their planned initiatives into sort of more finer categories. So still broad, but finer. Um, so when it comes to general process automation, 67% of them are either already piloting or they're rolling out or have already fully implemented process automation within finance. So that's the top line here. There's a 25% piloting plus the 32% plus that 10%. That makes up 67%. Um, another 67% are either piloting, rolling out, or have finished an ERP upgrade or an ERP conversion, which is also, I think, pretty staggering considering the amount of effort it takes to do something like that. If I look down the list, um, artificial intelligence, that's also something that's very interesting to me in terms of what people are doing and applying in that space within finance. Well, 44% of finance execs surveyed reported that they are either piloting, rolling out, or have incorporated some sort of artificial intelligence into their processes. And then another 42%, if you look at the bottom for RPA, another 42% are piloting, rolling out, or have implemented robotic process automation or RPA. And I think this is so exciting. Um, probably the combination of what has happened in the market, um, resource constraints that a lot of um, people we know are experiencing, and probably just a more dispersed workforce today. They're really making people waking up and realizing, hey, I think we have a need for more modern tools and more modern processes within finance and accounting. My guest today, Matt Good, he comes from Citizens and Farmers Bank. CNF Bank, um, they've originally opened for business under the name Farmers and Mechanics Bank. I don't know if you know this map. Uh, this is from your website back in <laughs> 1927. And today it operates under the holding company CNF Financial Corporation as it's traded. It is a public company. It's traded on the NASDAQ. It's headquartered in Virginia and today has just over $2 billion in assets. So Matt, without further ado, can you introduce yourself um, a bit to our audience today? Good afternoon, everyone. Um, I'm excited to be here. I 
obtained my accounting and finance degree from Virginia Tech. Um, I'm a CPA and I started my career out as an external auditor with Grant Thornton, um, which is where I got my exposure to banking industry. Uh, one of my main clients was a bank. Um, and after that, I did a brief stint as an assistant controller with a regional discount and uh, discount store and pharmacy chain. And then I um, finally came here uh, to CNF Bank, um, where I've been about for about six years now. Wow. I didn't realize you were there for that long. That's fantastic. Um, so Matt, um, walk us through sort of pre, before we got involved with you, walk us through what a typical month and close process looked like at the bank um, in terms of what is the timeline, major steps, how many people participate, what are some of the key things that you guys did during the close? Yeah, so we, in my role, I kind of see over the day-to-day -day accounting, um, but also the, the month-end close process is, is pretty much um, under me. We, we actually have a couple subsidiaries um, and that report to the bank, and we have um, three distinct accounting departments, but they roll up to, to us here at the bank. Um, all in all, it's maybe 12 to 15 people um, across all those uh, departments. And I will say the month end close process was working, but was definitely not very efficient. Um, there was a lot of paperwork. Um, I would, my team would prepare reconciliations and print them out, sign them with all the support, put them on my desk, and I would review them on paper. And then we would box them up at the end of the month and store them um and yeah it was i can't pretty much every night of the month end close i would leave work carrying a huge stack of papers just because it was easy to review them at home but it's not fun <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah it was it was interesting um we usually close our books on you know the fifth or sixth business day of the, after the month end, and we definitely were not done viewing reconciliations at that point because it was all done on paper. So mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of corrections that got posted the following month and that that sort of thing. So, how many, um, roughly, how many accounts or how many recs um, was your team doing at month end? Just um, quarter. It was about 750. GL accounts across the different entities that we have. And, but it was, I mean, we would reconcile certain accounts together. You know, you reconcile all the fixed asset accounts together. Yeah. And so I would say, yeah, um, I don't know, maybe 400 total accounts reconciled or 400 reconciliations that we prepared. Mm -hmm. So you have the policy of doing recs for every account every month, basically. That was the bank's policy? Um, once we converted to SkyStem and ART, we definitely 
for lack of a better way to say it, found accounts that we we didn't reconcile. Like we we obviously knew we had them, but um, it kind of just got lost in the shuffle of not being important to um, to reconcile each month. They were just kind of there, and we knew where they were there, but didn't uh, bother dealing with them monthly um, when we yeah. should have. So. And this is pretty typical, um, especially if you have, if you guys have attended some of our other past chit chat sessions, you know, just because the process is manual, it doesn't mean it's not working. And in fact, most of the um, accounting teams that we work with, they're, they've been in business for a very long time. A lot of times, you know, like not they're in very regulated spaces. Um, they have very, very mature accounting teams. It's just the fact that it is very manual, you know, they're trying to satisfy auditors requirements, there's all the signing and paperworking and bundling and that sort of thing, or even if you're not printing, then you're using like a share drive situation. Um, and the process alone creates problems. So it's things like, oh gosh, did I not sign this rec this month, even though I did it? Or, um, you know, I'm just not reconciling as many accounts as I like to, or I think I am. Um, these are usually not ultra critical accounts, but they're easy to miss because they are lower priority accounts. And, you know, would you like to handle them? Yes. Can you practically get to it? Not always. So that process just requires an inordinate amount of work just to kind of like keep it going um, purely due to the constricted timeline of the close, especially if you're following a pretty rigorous close combined with just the volume that it requires, right? And if you're doing 30 regs, then who cares, we'll get it done. But when we're talking about like 500 regs, 1,000 regs, thousands of reconciliations, um, then that sometimes just, just the administrative process alone becomes a problem. So Matt, um, now leading to this, like what, what prompted the team or you or, you know, whoever <laughs> initiated this to say, hey guys, you know, even though we've never had an audit finding and it's technically not an issue, um, we should probably look at some alternatives. Like what, what was either there's like a trigger event or just what kind of realization uh, prompted you to at least look and evaluate for solutions? Yeah, we never had a finding or anything like that um, related to reconciliation. So this was not something that came out of a requirement for us or anything like that. Um, there wasn't so much a triggering event for us. Um, I would say when I got here and I was carrying those stacks of papers home and manually trying to track and make sure that I you know, reviewed all the accounts that I needed to, that I just kind of got tired of that. And um, one of my clients, the bank that I audited, um, I had seen they had some sort of reconciliation tool so I, I knew this was a technology out there. Um, and I thought, you know, this could be beneficial for us, uh, make things more efficient, which is something that I'm always looking to, to do. So um, we looked out there to see what, what options there were and um, talked to my boss, the controller, and, and we brought it to the CFO who Turns out we had explored this option in the past, um, my predecessor, and it didn't really get anywhere, um, but management was open to the idea. So it, luckily for, for me, it wasn't too hard of a sell. Um, we just had to, to find the right tool for us. So. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, David from the audience is asking which GL platform the bank was using. It's one of the Pfizer platforms. Is it Prolog? Yes. We're on Pfizer Prolog. Prolog. Okay. And then uh, were, were your subsidiaries integrated? I'm not sure how to interpret that question. Yeah, we're all on the same accounting platform. Um, it's just we, we've got different departments, basically different accounting departments. Um, but they, all, they roll up kind of to, to us here at the bank. Um, we, we do consolidation um, and all that, so. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think the, the interesting thing you mentioned is that um, when you started exploring platforms for a month and close and for reconciliations, you realize that the bank actually already purchased something from way back and it just kind of sat on the shelf. Um, it wasn't our product. <laughs> and then uh, we don't really know why it wasn't implemented. It just yeah, we had, it was before I, I came to CNF, we had apparently purchased a product and never implemented it. Um, I, I'm not really sure why, but it at least showed me that management was open to it and maybe a little skeptical because they didn't know if we were going to do the same thing again, but um, yeah, we obviously got it implemented. So. <laughs> well, good. It's good that they didn't want two platforms. <laughs> um, Talk to us about how, um, how, how, how did you arrange the demos and the vendor meetings? Uh, what process did you guys follow? Um, you know, did you guys do demos first? Did you, how did you source the vendors? Um, did management get involved in the demos? You know, for folks that are kind of considering like maybe exploring this, um, I think it'll be good to understand like how you went about it. So I was aware of the one company that my client had used. Um, so I, I didn't really know where to start. So kind of did a, a Google search of you know that company's competitors and, and just a generic you know, month-end close reconciliation uh, search and and found a couple of them. Um, and we set up demos. It was me and the controller, and we just like I said, we already had the CFO who was willing. So um, it was just about finding the right one. So we, we went through the demos and we, we tried to going into the, that process even before the demos, jotting down different areas and different um, features that we think we might like. Yeah. yeah. Um, without knowing that looking at the demos is probably going to open our mind a little more and, oh yeah, that's available or something, um, or what we're hoping for is not even the feature, but we didn't find that. So um, we kind of had a list going in of what we were like, we would like to see and then found some companies and one of them being uh, SkyStem, obviously, mm -hmm. and, and just did the demos and then stepped back from that and evaluated demos based on our our criteria going into it and anything else that popped up as a result. Do you recall what are some of your initial um, criteria or requirements that you felt like you guys must have or would really, really love? It's probably a short list, right? Of yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too long. Um, we, we wanted something that was cost effective. Um, although 
management was definitely on board. They, they weren't looking to go crazy. Um, and we wanted something that was flexible, um, knowing that every GL account is not reconciled the same way. So something that is too rigid wouldn't necessarily allow us to do what we would want to do, how to present the reconciliation. Um, and we didn't want something too complex. We, we, we wanted a tool, but we didn't need something that would go above and beyond, which would then push us into the probably not cost effective. So. Mm -hmm. um, I would probably venture to say that the product that your management had purchased prior, um, I'm familiar with it. It was a very robust and very complex. I mean, it has a lot of functionality. And that could be one of the reasons why it was never fully adopted or the box was open, just the amount of time and effort it would take and expertise to, you know, get it online, it would have been a pretty significant effort. Um, so, you know, where we typically like to, we typically like to come in for shops that are, you know, say, hey, these are the top, you know, three, five things that we need. Yes, we can provide. And guess what? You know, we can get this out pretty quickly. And I actually have a slide later on to share in terms of what our implementation process is like, because that could be pretty surprising. Um, Matt, do you remember how long it took to do your evaluation? Like, get the demos, talk to the vendors, you know, get pricing, figure out, choose a vendor. Like, was it like a one month process? Was it, you know, a few months? Um, so that's probably going on three years or so ago now, I would say. Yeah, it was a while ago. <laughs> so I'm trying to remember. I don't, I don't think we, we're not one to, to do anything quickly here. Um, we definitely want to put our ducks in a row and make sure what we're, what we're getting is um, something that we're going to be happy with. So I would say it probably took a couple months um, for us to go from finding vendors and actually getting the demos set up and um, all of that and then choosing. So it, it wasn't, for us, it wasn't a quick process, but it definitely wasn't a, a drawn out one either. It's probably two to three months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we had um, at least one demo. I wanna say maybe we had two demos for you and your team. Um, one was more like introductory and the second was a little bit more in depth after you had a chance to I think see all the other solutions and you know you typically have more questions after that. Um, I didn't recall that it was particularly long, um, but I did remember that you guys were pretty decisive and you said that it took us a long time to do stuff. That's <laughs> really not our experience with you. <laughs> well, I probably wanted to jump on it knowing that management was ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> I want to show the audience just a little bit about the system um, before we continue on. And the, the, the reason is because I think it helps just to level set everyone in terms of what we're talking about here. So um, our product, it is a month and close platform. And this whole time we've been very focused on balance sheet reconciliations. And I wanna just talk to a couple of screens in the solution around that. But um, the platform comes with a couple of modules. So it has a reconciliation module. It has a closing checklist or a task module. It has a balance sheet flux and um, 
and a variance analysis on those two modules, a reporting module, it's got dashboards. Um, and then, you know, some of our publicly traded companies are interested in a certification module, which is something that we also have to certify the balance sheet. Um, a portion of our customers are publicly traded. So those are kind of all the modules. Um, but when you log into the system, the first thing you see is a series of dashboards around your month and close. So the way the system works is that sometime around the end of the month, your GL platform, you know, for Matt is Prolog, but it doesn't really matter which GL you're using, it's going to kick in a trial balance into our system. And that kind of kicks off the reconciliation process and the closing process every single month for your team. So right now we're in the August close and you know this close is sort of in progress, which is why you are seeing some dashboards that are populating, like you can see the reconciliation status for the month, you can see the status of your flux analysis work, the status of your aging items, the overall clothing status. And that's something I'll show you a closing checklist. Um, Matt and I talked about this um, while we were planning for this call and that was something that he thought we should show. Um, trending information, you know, even if your team is together, but especially if your team is remote, um, something like this, if you're looking at a five day, 10 day close, it's really, really helpful first off to just see on the dashboard, like what's happening around the close? Like what are folks doing? Where are we encountering potentially some issues? And a lot of that is like simply having an access to a dashboard of sorts. Um, so when that trial balance kicks in, this is where a lot of companies get start to get value out of the system is exactly to what Matt was talking about, which is, hey, you know, I got 800 accounts <laughs> on my balance sheet. Am I getting to all of it? So outside of like meticulously maintaining a checklist for reconciliations and adding and managing, which I'm sure Matt, you have experience with that. I mean, gosh, I have experience with it uh, when I used to consult, <laughs> like managing these checklists is a real beast. So what we do instead is we go, hey, you know, guess what? Like we, it doesn't matter, forget the checklist. What we're gonna do instead is we're just gonna kick the trial balance in. And what that's gonna do, I wanna open up some of these fields. What that's gonna do is it will automatically populate um, the reconciliation checklist. So any new accounts, it can be, it will be caught. And if you set up the algorithms for it, it can actually pre-assign or automatically assign to whoever needs to work on it. So that way you make sure that your entire trial is being kicked in you're managing 100% of your balance sheet. And then the accounts where, you know, there's just not much happening, right? The reason we forget about those accounts, mostly because either it's one, it's new, or two, there's just nothing happening there, right? But we still need to handle it. So what we'll do instead is we're gonna have the system automatically um, finishing, finish up those reconciliations. That's what system reconciliation is. So when your trial balance kicks in, anywhere from like 10 to 40% of your balance sheet can be system reconciled by art immediately. And that's a big win, not only for management, it's a big win for whoever's doing these reps, right? So they have the peace of mind in knowing that, hey, the system is capturing all the accounts. And number two, they don't have to like physically handle all of the accounts. Um, the reconciliation form is something that uh, we really champion as well, right? Matt talked about the flexibility in doing their reps different ways. Uh, I think that needs to be united with the objective of, hey, we do want some consistency and standardization into the way we approach the reconciliation work. And Matt, I don't, um, I don't recall that you guys had necessarily like a quality issue when it comes to the reconciliations. I think they were done like pretty well, right? It's just 
wanted to get them online and wanted to make sure that you guys can continue to do it a certain way. Yeah, that's right. We um we didn't have a, a quality issue. It just was more about tracking them. And um, like you said, it it's good to have the flexibility, but also have some standardization um, mm -hmm. as best you can, which right. is something that we did not have. Yeah, and it's hard to um, it's hard to really get that just right if you're on an Excel-based process, right? Because that means you're using cover sheets which is fine, but you're doing that in Excel. And the whole point of Excel is to do whatever you want in it. So having an Excel spreadsheet as a tool and then saying, well, you got to do it this way or that way. You know, if you have two, three people, no problem. That can probably pretty easily get done. But when you're dealing with a larger team that may not be all together or doing the work at the same time, or they may not all have the same accounting training as you have, um, that could become just a little bit trickier. So here's one example of a, a standard rec form. And we have a bunch of these, but the whole idea is that we set up these reconciliations just right, right? So you start with the ending balance of the GL and then you kind of come in and put in your information um, and then attach the documents and then send it to the workflow. And if you have any sort of activity that's recurring and predictable, then guess what? A machine is well suited for that. Anything that you can kind of predict ahead of time in this case, this is a prepaid contract, right? We all have those. Um, and we normally just track them in Excel spreadsheets. Well, you know, guess what? It's so predictable. You pay an invoice, it's 12 months, amortize it, attach the contract, and just let it run. So let a system reconcile, let it compare every month to the geo balance from your general ledger system, and then just call it a day. If it ties out, then you're done. Um, uh, Dor Dorian um, is asking, how easily does Dyson talk to SAP? <laughs> uh, yeah, we have a good portion of our customers on SAP because it's such a common platform. It's very easy. You can actually elect for it to talk to each other or not to talk to each other. It's going to be your choice. Um, if you do want that integration, we do that through what's called STP, which means that all SAP is doing is scheduling, running a scheduled report kicking it into our system and through an FTP box, and then we just go and get that information. So it's gonna require pretty much no um, like IT integration effort. Um, all you'll be asked to do is to be able to schedule a report of your trial to then dump it into a secure box. So that's how we talk to not only SAP, but really you know any product. Because um, so, we, we are in a whole bunch of industries you know, certainly banking, um, but also manufacturing. We work with other software companies. We work with, you know, hospitals, for example. So all the industries have their own special favorite ERPs that they use, and um, they're all pretty different. Um, let me show you guys one more thing when it comes to the system, and then we'll come back to this. Um, Matt, when, when you and I chatted, um, I think one of the things that you want to make sure I show is the idea of setting up like an automated checklist and um again you guys use it for your closing checklist is that right yeah that's correct okay so um the idea so, so if you need help on reconciliations chances are you might also need help on your closing checklist so again this is kind of taking the same concept right i have a checklist that i follow and maybe it's multiple closing checklists that i follow i just want to automate that Right. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means getting it set up online 
it means scheduling the due dates, right? Certain things are done day minus two, other things are due day plus five. It's assigning it to the right people. It's getting email alerts configured so that people are getting, you know, reminders um, of the activities they have to do. And then it's giving folks an ability to sign off electronically or for the sake of your auditors and then attaching any support or document if you choose to. So this is essentially a project management module. Most of our customers do use it like Matt does for the closing checklist. That is the most common, but um, this module also does allow you to run any sort of special projects, right? So if you do an acquisition, for example, you have a special checklist for post integration. That can be thrown on here. If you any, anything that you want to manage, run, see status, <laughs> get sign off, um, repos the documents, get email alerts for. If it involves your team, then they could all get on there, whether it's recurring or not. Matt, have you used this module for anything outside of your closing checklist yet? Not one-off projects or anything like that, but we we do have other things in there that. Um, we use to document controls um, that kind of are outside just the month-end close. Um, that's one thing that I really like about ART is giving auditors access and allowing them to pull anything that they need directly without coming to me or my team. So Matt, can you talk us through the setup and the implementation process? So, like I said, it was probably three years ago now, but from what I remember, it was very easy. Um, we received a Excel template with the different columns that we needed to fill out and the attributes for each of the accounts, um, sent that back to, to SkyStem, and they uploaded it and basically created our, our website for us, um, and those attributes included the preparer, the reviewer, the frequency of the reconciliation, um, things like that. And I believe the whole thing only took about a month or so, um, maybe a little longer. Um, but it, from my perspective, it was incredibly easy because um, we have been tracking some of those attributes manually um, on my own <laughs> spreadsheet. Um, so I had already gotten a lot, had a lot of that information. Um, so it was pretty much just filling that out and sending it back. Yeah, it's um, it's a five-step process. But the two most common questions we get asked when it comes to implementation is um, how long does it take um, and whether <laughs> whether we need to involve our IT team. And I feel like for the second question, the desired answer is always no. Um, and the answer is no. So it takes us as a vendor between 10 and 20 hours to set up the site where we populate your reconciliations, get the workflow in, get your closing checklist in, get your users set up. Um, that takes about 10 to 20 hours and elapsed time is usually about four weeks, just depending on how quickly um, the customer can turn around the information. So for, for Matt's team, that setup was very clean because, you know, you guys, you guys already had your information. It's just a matter of like popping them into the template and then sending that template to us. 
Um, something to remember is, especially if some of you guys on the call have gone through like a pretty painful implementation. So for us, um, we actually take the data from a spreadsheet that you populate, and then we go build the site. So you as a customer do not touch the site. You don't need any technical expertise to do this. You just complete the spreadsheet and then we go build it. We um, do not typically involve your IT team. This is just a project between us and your accounting team. And we also do not bring in third-party consultants. So this is not gonna be a kind of project where you have to go hire like a resource consultancy um, to assist with that setup. So what that means is that, you know, not only is it gonna be very cost-effective, like in terms of, I don't remember how much um, you guys paid for this setup map, but it's gotta be like max a couple of thousand dollars. That's it, probably under $5,000. So this takes just a couple of thousand dollars to set up over the course of three to four weeks. You do not need to separately engage with third-party uh, third consultants. And for the most part, we do not work with your IT team. Um, it keeps it nice and simple. We kick off the project with you. You complete the template, you know, based on existing information that you already have. It's very unusual for us to do a project where the customers just have no idea what they're doing on their clothes and they don't know where they're, because that's just not, um, it's very unusual for, for us to encounter that. So chances are, if you think about what you've got, if you're closing pretty well, you probably have a closing checklist. You probably got a reconciliation checklist. You probably got like 90% of what we need out of you to get the site set up, right? Because we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. We're just trying to take what you're doing and then give it automation and some firepower beneath it so we can do it faster and better and cleaner with a higher level of comfort that the work is actually being done because a machine is running it and watching it. So we build that site, we show you the site, and then we train you on your site. So something that we do that's a little bit different, uh, we do uh, insist on training every one of your users. We're not real big on the whole super user setup where we train two people and then they go train the rest of the group. So we do wanna train every single person um, and we do the training, the initial training at least, on the site that we built for you. So you're actually learning how to use the platform um, by using your system and not like looking at a demo site or a dummy site for the training and that training is free. Um, and then once you get online, now Matt, I recall that you guys didn't have all your users on right away. I think you did sort of a phase approach, right? There was maybe 10-ish, 15, 10-ish people who got on first, right? For That's correct. I think it said we have a couple subsidiaries and it was the bank, my team, we, we implemented right away, but it, it took a little bit. It's kind of the phased approach for, for some of those other departments. Okay, um, would that be like loans and deposits, like those areas? Um, it was like our, we don't have our loans and deposits team on, on um, ART. It would be our mortgage company, their accounting department. The mortgage company took a, a little bit of time to adopt. Um, just okay. had other, other things that they were, they were pushing through at the time, so. Yeah, yeah, so I did remember not everybody was getting on at the same time. So there was some sort of phase um, approach. Um, the first cycle, right, it's never perfect. Um, I don't know if you recall what your experience was like, like the first month you went onto the system. 
Um, I loved it. My team may have a different answer. Um, <laughs> they might might not have been happy with the amount of review notes that I, I had given them within the system. Um, I probably got a little too excited too with excited. The trying to change too much at once. Um, so that that's probably something that you should know going into this that it it's not going to happen right away. Um, you're, you're not going to go from what you've been doing to a perfect system the month you implement. Um, there there was a lot of just attaching the cover sheets that we had been using um, just to get through kind of the close while they they figured out their way around the system. Um, but I mean, and it's still going on. We're still finding recons that, I mean, we're looking at them every month, but there's recons that we're like, oh, you know, we can do this a different way and better use the system. Um, so we're still tweaking how we do things. But the first month, yeah, it was a, a little rough and, that, and it's just because it's a big change. Um, but after that, everyone, seems to, to be on board and actually see the benefits of it. Um, someone from the audience is asking, is there, um, oh, this is a question for me, is there a limited number of subsidiaries that the tool can accommodate? Um, the answer is no, we don't put a limit on the number of subsidiaries or entities or the number of accounts you wanna run. Um, our hope is that you get your entire balance sheet on, and if that is, you know, 50 subsidiaries and companies, then so be it. <laughs> uh, the price doesn't change. Um, and uh, for those who do want to talk about pricing, we can chat offline, but it's primarily dependent upon the number of people you want to be using the system and then whichever package that you choose. But outside of that, you know, if it takes you 25 days to close and you got 20,000 accounts, this is the same price as if it's a three-day close and, you know, 100 accounts to, to reconcile. Um, sometimes folks will ask in terms of uh, implementation and adoption, like, does it make sense to run parallel? Like, hey, should we, you know, go parallel for three months or six months and have our paper-based process, but also have people um, using the system, right? So that, uh, you know, theoretically, the transition's a little bit more gentle. Um, and I don't know how you feel about that, Matt, but typically what I tell folks is that's a very bad idea. Uh, if you want to maybe run parallel for one month, maybe, but generally what we recommend is a straight up cutover. Month one, you know, the month one you're using your traditional process and then month two, you are switching over completely to, um, to art. And the reason, is because again, you know, normally the kind of teams that we work with, they're not huge teams. So there's not a lot of fat to trim. So we don't want folks to be doing essentially double work for any period of time um, by having to do their recs offline. And then number two, having to like separately do that work in a automation system. So that's gonna provide a lot of double work. And the other thing is um, what I think is very powerful is the psychological effect of it, right? We kind of want to take away that security blanket, right? We don't want to do the traditional way anymore because you've got to get on this platform. Because like you said, the act of switching, no matter what you're switching to, can be difficult like mentally and I got to learn new things and, you know, it's stressing me out. I'm also, by the way, closing the books. Um, so we do want to do as much as possible to push people onto the platform as quickly as possible. Um, so that they can start to experience, you know, get over the learning curve and then start to experience the benefits of automation rather 
quickly, um, you know, so that it kind of just, it doesn't prolong their pain is, is what I'm saying. Would that be your assessment as well, Matt, in terms of what you guys gone through? Yeah, I would agree with that. It, we kind of did a, we, all our accounts were in um, art and we, we had a hard cutoff, but like I said, some of the, some of the individual recons were still kind of prepared in Excel on the cover sheet that we'd been using. And then we just uploaded it to art, um, which we try and get away from because yeah, it is, it's um, doing the work twice. So yeah, I would say it's going to be rough either way, just because it's a change for any, anybody or switching any sort of system, um, whether it's a month end close or anything else, it's, it's going to be a change. So having that clean cutoff, I think it's just the best way to go. Um, you just, otherwise you can prolong some of the, the issues that any, that come from a change. Um, Matt, you mentioned auditors before. So, you know, obviously you guys are publicly traded. Do auditors internal audit, they probably come through what a couple times a year in terms of your area? Yeah. Okay. They come quarterly at least. Quarterly. What about external auditors? Are they also quarterly? Um, yeah, at least twice a year um, for looking at this sort of thing. But yeah, um, mm -hmm. sometimes quarterly if they have the bandwidth to. Do, do you toss them a login and they log in? Is that how you guys provide access? Okay. Yeah, we've given them access um, and it's significantly cut down on the amount of items that we have, my team has to pull and send to them. Um, it's, that's, that's one of the biggest things that I, I like about the system. Yeah, so what Matt is describing is, um, you know, because they're, the closing checklist is in our system, because the reconciliations in art, what they do is they provide their auditors with sort of like a guest. We actually have a role that is just for audit and I'll tell you why. Um, they give that role to the auditors and the auditors can log in from their office and you know download the rest, look at the sign-offs and look at the closing checklist and just do whatever they need um, to for their work papers. Um, and this dedicated audit license is pretty special in the sense that it's not just a regular guest access. Um, for that audit license, you can actually configure to a very large degree in terms of what they can and cannot see. So we do have some customers that are very open with their auditors and just like look at everything. Um, but the majority of our customers want to be a little bit more conservative. So with this audit sort of um, view, you can restrict the periods that they can see. So maybe they can just see you know, June, but not July. Uh, you can restrict the accounts that they have access to if you don't want them to have access to all the accounts. Um, you can restrict them to the sub. Um, you can restrict them based on the status of your reconciliation, which a lot of people find that helpful. So meaning, hey, maybe you have access to this period and this subsidiary, but if the recs, for whatever reason, are not finished, meaning they're not done, you know, signed off, all beautiful, if they're not finished, then the auditors will not see them until they're finished, and then it will show up on their dashboards. Um, we also have restrictions based on like review notes, right? There's a whole review note workflow in our system where you may or may not want your auditors to be able to really, you know, take a look at. Uh, we have a feature within the system that can actually score the quality of the reconciliation at a very high level, like roughly score it. 
So we've had an instance in the past where the auditors got very excited about that and they actually use it for sampling. Well, you know, you might want to restrict access to that particular score. Um, so things like that, but the idea is to make, give you a lot of comfort in giving your auditors access to that so that they can log in and exactly what Matt said, it's like help themselves to a buffet of your reconciliation work and not have, you know, some poor accountant somewhere, either photocopying or scanning or whatnot and zipping up something to then send to the e-room. Um, now, I got to ask you this, because uh, <laughs> some people will ask us, you know, when we talk about time savings and resource savings, does your external auditors actually reduce your fees because of how easy it is now to access the documentation? Because everyone has told us no, um, they just figure out other things they want to audit. <laughs> yeah, ours, uh, ours, unfortunately, is not use their fees. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that works out. Yeah. Um, but it will save you time on you know, the process owner side in terms of just gathering that information. Okay. And then you don't have to worry about, first of all, like, you know, did I not sign something this month? That's, that's always a tough one. When I was in auditing where you know the process owner has done the work, but you just can't show that. And now everyone's upset. <laughs> uh, thank you, Matt, for, for coming on. You know, finance folks and accountant folks are not generally a group of people who are just very eager to <laughs> get on camera and do webinars and that sort of thing. So I really, really appreciate you coming on and doing this with us, um, especially because um, you just had a baby. <laughs> so I'm sure timing is great for, for this session. So just thank you so much for sharing your experience and coming online with us and just uh, speaking to that. Um, I know we've worked together for, I guess, three years now. I didn't realize it's been that long, but um, several years now. And um, your team has just been great in terms of implementation and adopting. And we hardly hear from you um, on the help desk, which, which, is, which is good, but also, uh, also not good. <laughs> so thanks for the opportunity for us to have this chat. Thanks for joining us. Take care, guys. Bye.